Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Well, God bless everyone this morning. Come on, somebody say amen. Wow, that worship set was phenomenal. Pastor Troy, worship team, thank you for setting the, the, the table this morning. When the presence of God shows up through worship, it makes preaching so much easier. Because then I'm not having to fight with you in order to receive. And that's many individuals we're finding we're, we're missing worship and just showing up for the word. When you do that, I have to work harder to get you to a place that you're ready to receive. Worship is not a preliminary. Worship is literally inviting the presence of God into this place. And it gives you the ability to get into tune with God. Worship's not here to bless you. It's to bless God. It's to get us in tune with God so then the word of God has fertile soil to be able to stop in and plant in. When you come to church and you walk out and say, man, I got nothing out of worship. That means that you did not invite the presence of God to be part of your existence, of your worship experience. We worship not because we get something out of it. We worship because we want God's presence in our lives. Someone say amen. Amen. I just, uh, Pastor Catalina, every Sunday she has a box for me that has my water, anointing oil. It has uh, some apple juice and um, just hand sanitizer and a handkerchief, but today I have a bow tie handkerchief. I'm afraid to even take this apart right now, man. I don't know whether to use it or to just wear it, you know, but uh, I'm going to ask you all, do, do me a favor, stand to your feet. Let's, I want to get into the word this morning. I have a word to share with you uh, that I believe is going to challenge us. It's for this season. It's for where we're at in this moment. Amen. And uh, also for those of you that, that missed out, you heard us say earlier, Um, Last Sunday, we gave our seed offerings and we we put together with your seed offerings. We have a list of all the seed that that goes along with it, all the prayer requests that went along with them. We got pages up here of your prayer requests, what you connected your seed to. For those of you at home that haven't done so or you did it online, we need you to connect to your seed the need. What is it that you're praying for? What is it you're believing God for? If you haven't done it yet, we encourage you to do so. And again, it's not the amount. It's the fact that you're getting something into the ground. You can't expect a harvest if you have no seed in the ground. And so I want to encourage you today in that aspect to, uh, to join us in the, the first fruits offering. Also, last Sunday, we started uh, our notorious cards. On Easter Sunday, for, the, for those of you at home as well, on Easter Sunday, our theme's going to be notorious. And we're talking about a man by the name of Barabbas in the Word of God that's called a notorious sinner. How many know some notorious sinners? How many of you were notorious sinners at one time? All right? Don't raise someone else's hand and don't point someone else out, okay? But throughout the Word of God, we see people that were notorious sinners, Individuals that were never thought would be able to come to God. In fact, the Apostle Paul was one of those individuals. He was killing church people. And yet he eventually came to know God and made an incredible, uh, without him, we miss out 13 books of the, the New Testament. We're believing this year for our notorious people. And we're going to have you write down the notorious people that you're believing God to touch in 2022. 
And on Easter Sunday, we're believing God to bring them in and that we're going to see God just do a new work in their lives. The cross behind, uh, to my left, uh, we're, we are going to be taping or, or stapling all the notorious people that you're praying for. If you have not filled one of these out, I want to encourage you to do so. At the end of service, we'll be gathering these together. By next Sunday, you'll see all these cards on the crosses. And if we need another cross, we'll put another cross up and put more up there. Just to remind us between now and Easter Sunday of the people that we're praying for and we're believing for. Amen? Amen. Amen. Come on. I want you to uh, turn your Bibles with me to Isaiah 54, 57. Isaiah 57. We are in a series right now called Build. Uh, the theme for this year is Build, Prepare, and Remove. Build, Prepare, and Remove. And this year right now, in this moment, I believe that we are in a season of building. We are in a time of, of restoring things that have been destroyed. How many feel like you, you're, these past two years have been a very destructive time? It feels like things that you worked so hard to build up are gone. Things that you've invested in, it seems like they're falling apart. And here you are, you worked so hard to build that business, worked so hard to develop that relationship, worked so hard to get your, your, your finances in order or at that job, only to get laid off, only to find yourself losing ground, build that business, now to lose clientele. All these things that we're going through. But Isaiah 57 gives us a, a, a word of hope. It says, and it will be said, build up. Build up. Everyone say build. build. Prepare the road. Remove the obstacles out of the way of my people. I want you to bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Everyone says amen. amen. You may be seated this morning. I want to welcome those of you online. Sister Lonnie Rivera, who's joining us. Linda Garcia. I want to uh, welcome my mom, who's on as well. And also, Sylvia Olivas, who's, uh, man, just a daughter of this house. It's so good to see you joining us uh, this morning as well. Uh, I want to lay a foundation on this. Uh, Isaiah 57 is talking about a time where the children of Israel have gone into bondage because of their disobedience and idolatry to God. They've traded in the Creator for creation. They've traded in the real God for gods that have no ears, have no ability to respond. And God tells them, listen, if you want healing, call out on your gods. If you want deliverance, call out on your idols. And he's saying you're, you're, you ended up in bondage because of your disobedience. Now, I do not believe that COVID is a punishment from God. I think it's just the result of mankind's sin. It's just part of the process. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death. And sickness has been part of, of mankind since the fall of humanity. It's just part of life. It's not a punishment from God. But I do believe that when we come under the covering of God, we can be protected from the COVIDs of life, from the flus of life, from the diseases of life as well. Come on, somebody say amen. Now, I want you to see something here with me. Israel was in idolatry, and because of their idolatry, they ended up in captivity. And because of their captivity, God removed his protection from the nation of Israel, and they ended up being taken to a land called the land of Babylon over a thousand miles away. And everything they took pride in, their walls, their temple, their city, their gates, their, their everything about them, their people, 
Everything was destroyed. God laid into ruins everything they took pride in because they traded him in. I need you to understand that God is a good father. That like any good father, when the children get out of line, he's going to punish them. And if we are God's children, there's going to be seasons of punishment we're going to go through as well. But you need to understand, we can't get mad at God for the consequences of our choices. Come on, say it again, Pastor. We think that love means that God accepts everything that we do. True love will correct you when you get out of line. Someone say amen. So I want you to see something here. God lets them know that I'm going to restore what I destroyed. I didn't send you into bondage or to captivity to destroy you. I did it to redeem you, to teach you a lesson, to punish you, so that you would get back in line and I'm going to restore you again. So he says, I'm going to build you. I want you to take, take a look at this. I'm going to build you. And then after we build you, I'm going to prepare you. And then we're going to remove any obstacle that's keeping you from coming to me. So I, I believe that we are heading into a season of the prodigals coming home. No, let me try this side. I believe that we are entering into a season of the prodigals coming home. People that at one time were born and raised in church or people that had a relationship with God at one time that's, that walked away for one reason or another. God's saying we're going to build them. We're going to remove the things in their lives that are keeping them from coming. And we're going to prepare the road so that they have an easy access to come back again. I believe that in the last days we're going to see people that had wandered from God come back again. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Knowing how to build is vital. Okay, if we're going to build, we have to have the materials necessary to build. Now, if I'm building a house, I'm going to need concrete, rebar, lumber, sheetrock, and the, and the like, nails and so forth. But if I'm building a marriage, I'm not going to use wood and nails. I'm going to use love and trust. I'm going to use time and investment, love and respect. If I'm building a business, I'm not going to use lumber or maybe love and respect. I'm going to use excellence. I'm going to use intelligence. I'm going to use different things, different materials in order to build that. I need you to understand that God is very particular on how things are supposed to be built. Why? God created what he called principles. Everyone say principle. The, in that word principle is prince. Prince is the first in line to be king. Well, when we say principle, we're calling a first rule. Foundation. I talked to you last Sunday about a foundation. That everything's foundational. And there's a way that God wants us to build their principles. You can't break the principles of God. You, you cannot break them. And, and no matter how much you ignore the principles of God, God has established first rules on how marriage should be done, how business should be established, how your walk with God should be taken care of, how you should raise your family and your children. And so God calls these things principles. They're the first rules or they're the blueprints. Everyone, everyone say blueprints. They're the blueprints by which we build. Moses was building a tabernacle. David and, and Solomon were building the temple. Jesus had a church that he was going to build, and they were all going to be done according to a blueprint, a principle, okay? 
Turn with your Bibles with me to Hebrews chapter 8. I want you to notice this, okay? You're still with me this morning, okay? Uh, so, some of us, we, we want to shout, we want to dance, but before you can shout and dance, you got to get your principles right, okay? Uh, you, I've heard it said it doesn't, matter how, it doesn't matter how high you jump. It matters how straight you walk when you hit the ground. And so you can jump and shout all you want in church, but if you don't walk straight when you get out of here, it doesn't mean anything. There are principles that go along with this, okay? Uh, Hebrews chapter 8 verse 5 puts it this way. They serve in a system of worship that's only a copy, a shadow of the real one in heaven. For when Moses was getting ready to build the tabernacle, God gave him this warning. Notice this. God gives him an assignment. I want you to build. But he gives him a warning. If you're going to build this, you better do it my way. You don't build. I, I want to build something. I, just, I, I have my own ideas how I want to build it. God tells them this, be sure that you make everything, so everyone say everything. everything, according to the pattern I have shown you here on this mountain. Come on, say it again, Pastor. I want you to grab, don't miss this. God says, I want you to build something for me. I want you to build a tabernacle where my presence can dwell among the people. That wherever you go, I can be in the middle of, pe of the people. Because in the book of Genesis, when God created Adam and Eve, he blew his breath into Adam and Adam became a living being. I told you before, God created the garden for Adam to live in, but he created mankind for him to live in. God wants to dwell in you. God wants to breathe in you. God wants to be with you. And from the foundations of the earth, man, when you ask, what is my purpose your purpose is to carry the breath of God you were designed to carry the breath of God and God is telling him this if you're going to build I want you to do it my way the tabernacle because of Adam and Eve's sin God's presence was removed from mankind the Holy Spirit no longer dwelt in man he would dwell around them but not in them and it wasn't until the upper room in Acts chapter 2, after Jesus died and rose again, where, where the propitiation of sin was taken care of, that now mankind can once again house the presence of God because there was true forgiveness of sin. That the Holy Spirit can come into us again. That we could carry the breath of God again. But the tabernacle was a foreshadow of that. God's saying, listen, I want to be the middle of your existence. I want to be around you. I want to be with you. You know what? More than you want to draw close to God this morning, God wants to draw close to you. The death and resurrection of Christ wasn't just to get you to heaven. It was to get the Holy Spirit back into you again. God doesn't want to dwell around you. He wants to dwell in you. He wants to, you to carry him wherever you go. Now, now follow me on this, okay? There, there's a system. He says, there is a pattern. Everyone say pattern. pattern. That I've shown to you here on this what? On this mountain, okay? Now, now, now follow me. I want you to see what happens here. Moses' encounter with God was the catalyst for instruction on how to build. Moses went up to the mountain on the mountain, God gives him a revelation of exactly how to build. And then he tells him this, build according to pattern. Build according to the pattern I showed you on the mountain. Oh, you're going to catch this in a second, okay? Listen, no encounter, no instruction. 
No encounter, no instruction. You don't have an encounter with God, you have no instruction on how to build. You don't have an encounter with God on the mountaintop, you don't know how to make it through the valley. You don't go up to the mountain to meet God, you're never going to experience God in the valleys of life. God tells them on the mountaintop how to establish and how to build the tabernacle so that when they get to the valley, they have something to sustain them when they're going through the trials of life. I came to tell you this morning, until you get a mountaintop experience, you'll never have the instruction necessary in order to make it through the valleys of life. baby. I tell you what, you can go to church all you want, but if you don't have an encounter with God, it will never move you. It'll never change you. But my encounter on the mountaintop carries me through the valleys of life. Come on, somebody say amen. No encounter, no instruction. See, I want to build a marriage. I want to build a ministry. I want to build my business. I want to build a family. I want peace of mind. I want legacy. But if you don't have a mountaintop experience, you don't have the pattern by which to build things God's way. God says, I I want you to build according to pattern. Luke chapter 14 says this. For which of you, when he wants to build a tower, does not first sit down and calculate? Everyone say calculate. Took the cost to see if he has enough to complete it. The rest of that chapter is talking about, listen, if you want to build anything, you got to first find out if you have the resources or ability necessary to complete what you start. You see, the problem right now is that we have people saying, I do, but they don't. We just got through January where the gyms were filled. Getting healthy this year, joining a gym. Some of y'all have been paying your gym membership for years, but you've never been there. You say you do, but you don't. You, you, You say I'm committed to something, but you give up. And we don't put enough time into things because we, we, we know what we want. We just don't have the instruction or commitment to get there. God says the goal isn't to start. The goal is to finish. You don't lay a foundation in hopes that you finish. You got to count the cost is what the word's saying. He goes on and says this, verse 29. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation, it's not able to finish it. And all who observe it will begin to ridicule him and say, this man uh, began to build but was not able to finish. I need you to understand that God wants us to finish whatever it is that we start. The whole purpose of building is completing. I didn't get married to get divorced in two years. When I stood before my wife and I put this ring on over 33 years ago, when we stood face to face, I didn't say, listen, uh, not till death do us part, until, I, until you, know, you no longer meet my needs. Uh, you know, I'll be here as long as things work out. We'll give it a best shot. After five years, if things don't work out, we'll go our separate ways. That wasn't the plan. We went all in. And I need you to understand, you got to make, a, you, you got to determine whether you have what it takes to complete. You have to count the cost. Everyone say count the cost. Who builds without counting the cost? Who builds without counting the cost to believe, to belong, to build, to, 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 uh, to become? See, you're here because, every one of you is here because you believe 
and there's something you want to build. There's something that you're believing for better. You want God to do something in your life. That's why you're sitting here on a Sunday morning and not at home in bed watching cartoons right now. You are here because you want something from God. You believe that there's something that God wants to do in your life. So I want to give you five things very quickly that you need in order to build. Amen? First thing, take notes on this because this is going to help you out in whatever aspect that you're trying to build. Number one, the first thing you're going to need is tools. Everyone say tools. You see, tools are imperative to build anything. In every profession, there are tools that you use. If you're a barber, now if you're a carpenter, you have a hammer, you have a saw, you have a level. You have certain tools that you need in order to make sure that whatever you're building is plumb, is level. If you're a plumber, you, got, you have certain tools. You got the soldering gun, you got the, the, the solder, you got certain things, pipe wrenches and so forth. You got pipe cutters. If I'm a barber, I can't use the things that a plumber would use. I use clippers. I use scissors. I use combs. I use different things. But if I'm an accountant, I'm using a calculator. I'm using computers. There are different tools for different professions. Whatever you want to build, you got to make sure you have the tools to do so. It's important to understand that every one of us needs, if you're a musician, your tools are not a hammer and a nail. Your tools are instruments, sound systems. Every profession has tools. The problem is, now, now we, I, I saw uh, Brother Chachu in here earlier. I think he might be wandering around out there. Uh, oh, Brother Chachu, he's back there. Brother Chachu is a mechanic. Now, if I'm a mechanic at your shop, I might be a great mechanic. But if I don't have my own tools, can I borrow yours? Why not? There's, there's a principle here. Many of us, we, we want to do something. We want the tools, but we don't want to do number two. We don't want to invest. We don't want to invest in our own tools. We want to borrow other people's things. But I can't be a great mechanic if I'm always borrowing someone else's tools. If you're going to be a mechanic, if you're going to be a carpenter, if you're going to be a plumber, you're going to be a barber, you have to have your own tools. You have to invest in your own self. And we spend more money on our shoes, on our shirts, on our clothing, and our cars than we do in investing in ourselves. Oh, come on. You can do better than that. The second thing I want you to see is that you're going to need is investment. you got to be willing to invest. It's going to cost you something to grow. It's going to cost you something to lead. Every profession has to invest in their own tools. What are you doing right now to make yourself better? I want to be a great dad this year. Well, what books have you picked up to read about becoming a great dad? What podcasts are you doing to listen to becoming a better father? What things are you doing to invest in yourself to become better in the area that you said you want to grow in this year? Let's not let another year go by and stay there in the same place. Invest in yourself this year. Take time to invest in who God called you to be. If you truly want to build, you've got to count the cost and determine whether you have the ability to complete. You've got to invest. Everyone say invest. invest. See, you have to sow in order to grow. Amen. You're getting mad at the soil that it's not producing a harvest. 
But the problem is, you've put nothing in the ground. I can go in my backyard and start yelling at my plants that the corn hasn't grown this year. But I can't get mad at the soil if I didn't put a corn seed in the ground. If all I'm getting is weeds, it's because I've left the ground untended. You know what's weird? I, I don't, for, for those of you that, that are gardeners and so forth, you don't have to plant weeds. Have you ever noticed that? Now, if you want corn, you got to plant. You got to plant corn. You want tomatoes, you got to put a seed in the ground. You want a herb, you got to put that herb in the ground. I'm not talking about that kind of herb, some of y'all. Okay, but the reality is this: whatever you harvest you want, you got to make sure that seed has been planted, cared for, and watered, and protected. But weeds will grow through concrete. Weeds will show up through asphalt. You don't have to plant a weed. And so you don't have to plant weeds in your marriage. You don't have to plant weeds in your finances. You don't have to plant weeds in your spiritual life. The enemy will go through and start sowing those things. And those things will come up everywhere and anywhere. So you have to take time to sow in order to grow. Oh, come on. Somebody say amen. Listen very carefully. Your investments determine your return. Wherever you invest, there's a principle here. And this principle, you can't break it. Stock market goes up and down. And you get mad at it, but unless you put an investment in a company, no matter what they do, you're not getting a return. You have to invest in order to get see a return. So let me ask you this. Pastor, my marriage is it's jacked up right now. You know, I just feel like my wife doesn't love me. My husband doesn't love me. We're, we're always fighting. What have you invested in her lately? What have you invested in him lately? My, my kids don't, want, don't, don't, don't talk to me. What have you invested in your children lately? I'm not getting promoted at work. What are you investing at work? to grow, to become better. You see, the problem you solve is the pay that you get. You don't solve a big problem, you're not gonna get a big paycheck. You have to become more valuable and solve bigger problems in order to get a bigger return. So you have to become better in whatever realm that you're in. If you're a hairdresser and all you have to know how to do is cut hair and you don't know how to color, then you're only going to be you're only going to make 30 bucks, 40 bucks, 50 bucks every time you cut hair. But if you know how to color, baby, you're going to be pocketing 250, 300 dollars every time someone comes in for them highlights that all you ladies are rocking right now. And then every time the roots begin to grow out, you got to go get that touch up. And your hairdresser is going to the bank being like, baby, because she invested in herself knowing how to make fit. Come on, somebody. You're not paying for the chemical. You're paying for their knowledge. You will only get out of everything in life of what you put in. 
you got to invest. Now, I'm asking you right now, whether it be books, seminars, counseling, church, what are you doing to invest in yourself? Spend more money on Jordans, on purses, on, on cars, on hair and makeup. And you're investing on the outside of you. What about investing on the inside of you? So the first one was what? Tools. The second one was investment. The third thing you need is materials. We need materials to build. When the, when the children of Israel were building the tabernacle, God told Moses, go to the people of Israel and ask them to give a free will offering to, so that we could build the tabernacle. But not just of money. Have them bring skins, goat skins. Have them bring gold. Have them bring thread. Have them bring all these different jewelry and so forth. Have them give materials so that you could build. But I love what the Word of God says. And over, over maybe 12 or 13 times you see in these chapters... They gave as the Lord stirred their hearts. They gave as the Lord stirred their hearts. As the Lord stirred their hearts, they gave. No one, now they, they, not everyone gave. L listen carefully. Not everyone's going to give. But that doesn't mean that you don't build. Not everyone's going to come along, but it doesn't mean you don't build. What he did is those that heart stirred them came and began to bring things. Only those who are close to God, only those that the finger of God moved their hearts, those that were stirred by what God had done for them, out of gratitude they moved, out of gratitude they gave, out of gratitude they went through their stuff and they gave what God had given to them. And as a result, they were able to build so much so, Moses had to tell the people, stop bringing things, we have too much. Can you imagine next Sunday, Pastor Nick standing up here and collecting offering? We're not collecting offering this week. We got too much. You ever been to a church where they stood up in front and said, stop giving. Stop putting your checkbooks away. Stop giving online. We got too much money. But when God stirs someone's heart, we don't have to prod you. We don't have to beg you. We don't have to push you. We don't have to make you. When, it's, you're, when your heart is stirred by the gratitude of God, you give. See, you must be honest when you're building anything, okay? This, I'm getting a little personal here, okay? Don't get offended. How many have seen American Idol? I know you've seen American Idol. Don't, don't keep your hands down, a bunch of liars. Especially you. I, saw, I know, I know you. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that they, they put people that are either really, really bad on there or really, really good? It's very rare you get the middle of the road person. They want that person that thinks they sing real well and doesn't make it, and then they're shocked that they didn't make it. Whenever you're building anything in life, a business, a marriage, a, a family, a, um, a ministry, you got to make sure that you have the raw materials to build that. You, you want to be on the worship team, but you can't sing. How many know God loves you? God loves you and he loves your worship. Something happens. And I think that's why the angels are to a certain level are jealous of us. 
Because the angels were created as worshipers. They sing around the throne of God all the time. Yet, God says something happens when we choose to worship. When we begin to worship, we're off key. We're going off, off on different tangents. We're not even staying. Our voice is cracking. We're messing up. All of a sudden, the moment we start singing, God stops all the commotion of heaven, comes down to earth to join our praises. Even something happens between the moment it's released from our mouth and it hits God's ears, it becomes something beautiful. But you want to be in the worship team, you can't sing. That might not be your ministry. You want to be a preacher or a teacher, but you can't get the words out. That might not be your ministry. Whatever you're going to build in life, you got to make sure that you have the materials the raw materials to become what you want to become and build. How, how do you find that out? You find that out by people that are around you. You find that out and ask people, what, what do you think my giftings are? What do you think I'm good at? And some, some of you are great listeners. Some of you are incredible administrators. Some of you have the great gift of hospitality. Others of you are just, just so uh, creative. You have the ability of creating things, making things better. Every one of you has raw materials. And we just got to find those materials in order to build. If you're going to build a marriage, you got to ask yourself, do I have the raw materials? You see, the, the, the materials to build a marriage is different than the materials to build a business. See, Jesus or God told Moses, get the materials together so that you can build according to pattern. All right? So we have... Number one was what? Tools. Number two was investment. Number three was? The last thing is you got to have the energy. You can't be lazy and build something. Let me say that again. You cannot be lazy and build something. And I need you to understand you can't delegate energy. You can't expect others to move your dream. You cannot expect others to build your marriage. You cannot be lazy and build something. Laziness is not one of the gifts of the Spirit. And yet COVID seems to have sapped the energy out of so many people. You start building, it gets destroyed, so we stop. You build, destroyed. Build, destroyed. And you get to the point where I'm just not going to try again. But I came to tell you that it's so important that you get the energy necessary. When you have a dream, the dream, when you have a dream, when you have a passion, you don't drive the dream. The dream drives you. The dream gets you up in the morning. The dream gets you up at night. The dream gets you to push. And it doesn't matter how tired you are it's a good tired work doesn't get you tired meaningless work gets you tired when we feel like we're not making a difference it gets tiring when you're working on a marriage and the other person isn't inputting it gets you tired you want to know that what you're doing is going to make a difference so as I close this morning we see it's going to take tools investment Materials and energy, which spells the acrostic time. Whatever you're going to build in life is going to take, whatever you build in life is going to take 
You're not going to start laying a foundation today and move in tomorrow. It's going to take time. And the problem is, is that we're giving up way too early. We're giving up way too early before we're finished with the project. We're giving up on our health. We're giving up on our family. We're giving up on our marriage. We're giving up on the business. We're walking away from things before we've given time. Ecclesiastes, there's a time for everything. A season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to uproot. I came to tell you this morning to prophesy over you and those of you at home that this is your season. This is your time. This is your moment. That you're looking at COVID as being a bad thing. I came to tell you that what it did is cleared the table. It got you to understand what things were extras that you needed to cut off. Things that didn't mean as much. It's time to get rid of the weight so that you can run this race the way God wants you to run. I came to tell you today that now's the time to build. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He didn't say, I'll build CWC. He didn't say, I'll build Cathedral of Faith. He didn't say, I'll build Redemption. He said, I will build my church. It's not Pastor Dan's church. Not the Assemblies of God, Church and God in Christ. This is God's church that he's building. It's time to build. Stand to your feet with me. That word build means to lift up, to cast up, and to exalt. Lift up. Jesus said, if I be, if I be, I will draw all men, even the notorious ones unto me I will bring all men unto me God's building the church now, I don't want to build something different than him I want to build what God wants built I want my marriage to look the way God wants it to look I want my family to look the way God wants it to look I want to encourage you today let's build how do we do that if I be lifted up above the earth, that word earth, see, I'm not talking about the dirt. Dirt in the Greek is tierra. World is cosmos. Cosmos is the influence that's on the tierra. Let me try this side. The earth is the resource. It's the dirt. It's the gold, it's the water, it's the, the iron and everything. The same knife that you could make, the same iron that you could make a knife out of, you could either use it to peel an orange or to kill someone. The resources isn't good or bad. It's the cosmos, the influence that you put on it. Jesus said, if I be lifted up above the, that influence of the world, 
If I be lifted up above the earth's influence, the way the earth does things, if you lift me up against the earth's philosophy, the earth's ways, the earth's ideas, lift me up above those things, then I will draw all men unto me. Above your reasoning, above your understanding. Would you bow your heads right now? Father, we speak life. Lord, it's hard to think about building when we're surrounded by rubble. And Lord, there's so many in this moment that are surrounded by the rubble of past defeats. That all they see is the evidence, my God, of their destruction. They see the empty beer bottles. They see the, the, the roach that's sitting in the corner that they just smoked. They, See, Father God, that woman or that man that they woke up next to, that's not even their husband or wife. They, they see, Father, the hole in the wall from their anger the night before. They see the empty bottles. We're surrounded by the memories of our failures. But God, in this moment, help us to build. We count the cost and we say we're all in. Heads bowed and eyes closed. You're here right now and you don't know Christ. Maybe you've kind of fallen away and you're saying in this moment, God, I just want to get back. If that's you on the count of three. I'm going to ask you to lift your hand in the air. I want to just introduce you to Jesus, not a church, to Jesus. On the count of three, ready? One, the Bible says it's appointed for man to die once, then comes judgment. Two, search your heart right now. Why run from God when all he's going to do is love you when he catches you? As I say this final number, left to right, front to back, man, woman, or child, lift your hand in the air if you're ready to give your life to Christ. Ready? One, two, three. Yes, I see that hand. I see that hand. There in the back as well. There as well. Here up front as well. God bless you. Over here as well. God bless you. Yes, hands going up all over the place. God bless you as well. Amen. You could put your hands down. Secondly, I want to ask this. You're here right now, and you need to build. There's some things that have been destroyed in your life and you need to build. There's some things that have been shattered in your life and you need to build. If that's you, would you lift your hand up as well? That God, I just, it's time to build. There's some things that have been destroyed. Yeah, I see hands going up all over. Listen, I'm going to have you do me a favor right now. And even those of you at home, on the count of three, whether you lift your hand for salvation or for rebuilding, I'm going to have you come meet me here at this altar. Okay, ready? And don't, don't think about it. Just take a step of faith. When you follow and take a step of faith, count the cost. Are you ready to go all in, cross the line, and let God begin to build in your life? Ready? One, two, three. Come on, step up and just come, come meet me up here. Give them a round of applause as they begin to make their way this morning. Amen. You can keep coming. God bless you. God bless you. Do me a favor because I know more hands were up. Ask the person next to you. If you want to go up, I'll go up with you. It might be your husband, your wife. Just, just ask them. If you want to go up, I'll go up with you. I don't want you to, to feel like you have to be there by yourself if you want someone to stand with you. Amen. God loves you. And his plans for you are greater than the plans you have for yourself. And even for those of you at home, as we say this prayer, first thing I'm going to do is lead you in a prayer of salvation. And just making the confession of who Christ is, then we're going to pray for God to give you the strength to rebuild. To, to put the, get the tools, the investments, the materials, and the energy, and the time to put these things together. I want you right now just say this with me. And don't, you don't have to bow your heads. I want you to lift your heads up. I want you to look to heaven. 
and know that God has become the lifter of your head. Say this with me, Heavenly Father, I receive right now the free gift called salvation. I believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose again on the third day. I've sinned. I've fallen short of the glory of God because God created me for glory and I haven't measured up. Lord, forgive me today for taking your creation and not living up to what you have in mind. I surrender my life to you this morning. I make a choice to be a follower of Jesus today. I give all of me, not just a part of me. I've counted the cost and I'm all in. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that, yeah, go ahead and clap. It's a great place to clap. For those of you at home, if you prayed that prayer, text the word VIP to 408-340-7703. On the screen, it's on there for you. 408-340-7703, VIP. We want to reach out to you. We want to follow up on you. And we're just, we're going to pray for those that are up here. For the rest of you, God bless you online. Until we see each other next week, love God, love people. And let's change the world. God bless you this morning. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.